Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. All right, let's take our Bibles. We're going to make our confession tonight. And let's repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. It's God's Word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. And I love to read my Bible. Amen. That's some good stuff there. Well, tonight, in my first um, teaching of the semester, I want to kind of set a foundation. I want to start talking uh, in my time about developing a faith for healing. Uh, Developing a faith for healing. I believe that there's um, several different things that we need if we're going to develop a faith for healing, and we're going to talk about that uh, tonight. I believe it's important that what you hear is important, and we'll talk about that, but I also believe it's important what we focus on as well. If we're focusing on the wrong things, if we're listening to the wrong things, it makes our ability to receive healing a lot more difficult. Uh, In your notes in Hebrews, the second chapter, verse 1, it says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away. So wouldn't you say that it's important that what we allow to come into our ears, what what we're listening to? Because we don't want to drift. We want to flow right into the healing power of God and and receive what God has for us. And and so we want to make sure that we are are aware of what we're listening to. We put a guard on what we allow to come into our ears and, and really protect our spirits so that we can receive God's healing. Another one of my favorite scripture here is uh, Proverbs, the fourth chapter, verse 20 through 22. It says, my son, attend to my words, pay attention to it, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart for their life to those who find them, healing and health to all of their flesh. So we have to be very careful of what we are paying attention to, what we're focusing on, because it has the ability to lead us to healing. It has the ability to lead us away from healing. This is a very serious thing. So not in your notes. I want you to turn into your Bibles in Jeremiah 33, 6. Jeremiah 33, 6. And we are going to read that together. For those of you, if this is new to you, Jeremiah is in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 33, verse 6. Jeremiah 33, verse 6 says, Behold, I will bring it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Who's bringing the health and healing? Who is? God is. Who's going to heal us and reveal to us an abundance of peace and truth? God. See, a lot of times we come to classes or we come to church or we hear messages on healing and we think that we have to make ourselves become healed. The healing comes from God. And he says this, I will bring healing. And so we're going to dig into that a little bit more as we move forward. But we have to focus on the right things, focus on God, focus on what he's telling us, 
and we need to listen to that and that only. You ever driven a car, or maybe it's just me, driven a car, and you're going on a long trip, and you start gazing off into a, a direction, and you don't realize it, but your car starts, like, veering down in that direction that you're going. My wife hates it when we go on long trips and I'm driving because it's, you know, she'll say, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm focusing. And she goes, why are we on the little dots on the side of the road? I'm like, ah, don't worry about that, you know. But what happens is, is you start looking off into the distance or to the left or to the right, and without even realizing it, you're headed in the direction that you're looking. It's the same way with us. If we're not focused on the Word of God, if we don't stay focused on the Word of God, we can be headed away from God's healing power and His healing promises for our life. If, we're, if we stay focused on a diagnosis or on the stats or on our family history, we could be headed in an opposite direction of what God has for us. We have to stay focused on His Word. It says, give attention to the Word. I don't know about you, but I want to receive all that God has for me. And so where we place our attention is important, wouldn't you say? I was thinking about, you know, I always have to have a story, and I was thinking about a story that I could share. So one of my favorite stories, um, early on when we, our kids were younger, uh, my youngest, she's now 20. When she was between two and three, you know, uh, my wife says 17 months. I hate the whole months thing, so between two and three... Uh, we, we took our kids to Disney back when Disney was Disney. Now, I don't know what they are now. but um, And she was not impressed. She's two, three years old. You know, we spent all this money, and she could care less. She was hot, you know, and, and uh, we were walking around the park all day long. And if you've been to Disney, you know they have all these different attractions and everything. But at that age, the reality of it is the only thing the kids really care about are the characters that are walking around the park. And so... Um, all day long, my two oldest kids were running around, and they took pictures with Cinderella and Aladdin and, and all the different big characters. And, and again, my baby girl, she could care less. And so um, as we, the day went on, it's midday, and if you've been into Florida, when it's like in the heat of the day, it's humid, it's miserable. And I remember standing and telling Guy, I said, okay, I can't take too much more. At this moment, we need to figure out a place to go where there's cold air. And so we opened up this big map. We're in the middle of... Uh, the animal kingdom, and we're looking to see where can we go to find cold air. Well, I had my daughter in a banana stroller uh, the entire day, and back then when she was a little baby, she used to suck her thumb. And so, like all of a sudden, I feel movement, and I do this with my map, and my little two, three-year-old, however old she was, um, like unsnaps her little buckle, thumb is still in her mouth, pushes out of the banana stroller, and starts walking. And I'm like, what? And I looked at Gia, and she's walking. And I look up, and about 50 yards in front of me is Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> the problem is, in order to take pictures with these characters, you have to get in line. The line for Piglet wrapped around this... This long uh, corridor, I mean, it was far. It went, it went pretty far down. But to my two, three-year-old, she could care less. And she had her attention on Piglet. And she's walking toward Piglet with her thumb in her mouth. She walks up to Piglet, looks up, does this. Piglet bends down, picks her up, 
So I did what any responsible parent would do. I came to the front of the line and started flashing my film. I never looked to the left. I kept my attention on Piglet. And for about two minutes, she had her head on Piglet's shoulder and he was rubbing her back. And then she pushed away. Piglet put her down. She grabbed my little finger and we both turned. We never looked to the right. We walked back to her banana stroller and she sat down and that, was, that like made her day. Well, what happened? Piglet caught her attention. She didn't look at the line. She didn't look at anything else. All she saw was Piglet. And she drew near to Piglet. And she was able to experience something that excited her. Guys, I believe that's what the Father wants from us. He wants us to attend to his word, to place our focus on his word and his word alone. And not let anything to the left or to the right distract us. Diagnosis, family history, people's words, setbacks. But we're focused solely on his word. And you and I will, begin, will be able to experience something so precious if we'll just do that. Our focus is important. What we're focused on matters. Our promise is, is that we're going to find healing and health to all of our flesh, and that comes from the Father. But we also have to be careful of what we hear. What are we listening to? Mark 4, 23 to 25 says, If any man has ears to hear, let him hear, or let him be listening, and let him perceive and comprehend. And he said to them, Be careful what you are hearing. Okay, if the Lord is telling us to be careful what we're hearing, what should we do? We need to be careful. We need to be very careful. Why? Because the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. When we hear the truth, if we come to healing class and we hear that God's a healer, he's bringing healing and health to our flesh, but we spend all the rest of our time listening to our family history, listening to the, the mortality rate, listening to all this other stuff, that's going to have a greater influence on your healing journey than the Word. We have to be careful what we're listening to. We have to be willing to draw lines in the sand and say, you know what? I'm no longer going to listen to those reports. I'm, not, I'm no longer going to listen to my family. I'm no longer going to listen to this negative talk. I'm only going to listen to the Word of God. And when you, when, you, when you do that, when you, when you set up boundaries like that, you're setting yourself up to develop a faith that's going to bring you into the healing power of God. We have to be careful of what we hear. Guys, you, you, you do realize that in, in uh, Hebrews 12, 2, the Bible calls Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. I believe every person in this room, I know every person in this room, can experience God's healing mercies, God's healing powers. And the beauty of it is, is it doesn't matter how, how long you've known the Lord. There's no criteria on how perfect your walk is with God. But if you will simply believe him, place your focus on him and his word, and be very careful on what you're hearing, and only allow the word of God to come in, you're going to experience that promise from the Lord. 
God's no respecter of persons. He's healed many people, and he can heal you too. He will heal you as well. And one of the things that we've got to do is, is as I said, continue to monitor what we're listening to and, and be very careful of what we're allowing to come into our, um, into our ears. Why? Because sometimes we get on the wrong path, and we get on the wrong path because we're listening to the facts. We're listening to the facts of what um, we know to be true. We're listening to the facts of what medical science knows to be true. But understand that there's a difference between facts and the truth. The Bible doesn't say facts will set you free. It says the truth will set you free. And so we're going to talk a little bit about facts and truth. Um, facts deal with natural circumstances, the natural realm. That's what facts deal with. But facts are subject to change. The truth never changes. What do I mean by that? When I was in school, th these are some things that I remember. When I was in school, they had this little campaign that milk does the body good. Like cow's milk is great. Now you have people saying cow's milk is not good for the body. When I was in school, we learned that Pluto was a planet. When my son went to school, it was a star. When my daughter went to school, they went back and said, no, it's a planet, but it's a dwarf planet. Facts change. When I was growing up, I still remember this. My grandmother used to say, don't stand too close to the microwave because it causes cancer. Now, I look at my children all the time, and they put stuff in the microwave, and they're like looking like it's going to make the microwave work faster. When I was in school, my grandparents used to say, you can't have coffee, boy, because coffee stunts your growth. Here's my favorite. They used to say, if you shave, it'll make your hair thicker. Guys, I shave once a week on my head, and my hair hasn't gotten thicker. Those are facts, and they change. Sometimes in our healing journey, we grab onto the facts. And we make the facts our truth. Tonight, I want to appeal to you and ask you, make his truth your truth. I'm not telling you to disregard the facts, not at all. But what I'm saying is, See the facts, but declare the truth. What do I mean by that? Well, if I hit my elbow, I just hit my elbow and I'm in pain. But by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. You can state the facts, but don't stop there. In with the truth. They diagnosed me with, but the healing power of God is at work in me. Does that make sense? You don't deny it, but you don't accept it. And you declare the truth. Does that make sense, guys? I think far too long, some of us Christians, and I'll say me, we've gotten off into this, no, I, I don't have a cold. I don't have a cold. Y yeah, you do. <laughs> but God's healing power is at work in you. Or better yet, you know. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I, I don't know if you remember the old for sale signs in yards. They were metal. They weren't these plastic things. And um, I was riding my bike, and my mother told me, don't go over there, stop. And I was popping wheelies and everything. And somehow I popped a wheelie, and the bike flew up, and I flew up. And I, when I went back, 
my pinky hit um, the metal sign and it actually sliced his pinky to where my pinky was hanging that way and I had to get quite a few stitches and um, I can imagine now being there, going to the emergency room saying, my finger's not almost cut off. No, actually, son, it is. And I think sometimes that's how we approach it. So the fact is, is you're dealing with this, but don't stop there. By the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. Do you know the Bible says, here, I'm just trying to read it. Hold on. Did I not put that down there? I don't believe I did. Basically, the Bible says he himself took our infirmities and he bore our, our sickness. He himself. He took it. And if he took it, we don't have to keep it, own it, bear it. And so if we're giving attention to the word of God and we have sickness attack our body, now we have the proper response every time to that fact. The healing power of God is at work in me. The Lord took this sickness from me, so it's not mine. He bore it for me on my behalf. And so understand, facts always change. Facts kept some of God's people out of the promised land. I remember as a young man saying, man, those people, I can't believe they didn't listen to God. If I was there, I would have went in there and I'd have been like Joshua and Caleb. We do the same thing, guys. We do. We doubt God. And it's based upon what we see, the facts. Let's look at this passage together. Numbers 13, it says, and this is uh, the Lord speaking. He says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am given to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. And so Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, fact. And the cities are fortified and very large, fact. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Malachites, uh, dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell beside the sea uh, along the Jordan. And so these were giants in the land. And it says, But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. But then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not well able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. Um, do you see what happened there? They went into the land, a land that God said he was giving them. And when they went into the land, they got distracted. All they saw were giants. They saw how the land was vast and how it devoured the people. But Caleb and Joshua saw something different. 
the Bible goes on to tell us that Caleb and Joshua are the only ones who actually were able to enter in. All of the rest of them did not because of their unbelief. The first sentence there, God tells Moses, I am giving them the land. Those are his words. I am giving them the land. But they didn't see it as God giving them. They, they saw it as land that they had to conquer in their own strength, and they realized they couldn't. And they ended up forfeiting what God made available to them. Guys, we do the same thing. Jesus died on the cross for us, took sickness and disease upon himself so that you and I could have healing. And it says that by his stripes we are healed. Yet when we get the diagnosis sometimes, our response is just like a lot of these people. I can't overcome this. I'm tired. This is tough. Can I encourage you today to pay attention to his words and remember that he's borne your sicknesses for you, that he's defeated death, hell, and the grave, that healing is already at work in you. We have to keep our sights on that, and we will eat the good of the land if we keep focused on his words. His words, they matter. Truth always trumps the facts. Always. Joshua and Caleb spoke the truth. You and I, we have to speak the truth. We have to speak the truth. Always. It's so funny now. Um, when I think about um, struggling to breathe, you know, when I had pneumonia, and, and we did, I did have one visitor that I knew, family member, who said, man, it must be difficult. And I'll, to be honest with you, when the conversation started, I was like, yeah, I'm struggling to breathe. Oh, man, it's hard to breathe. And you know what happened? It was hard to breathe. <laughs> it was. I didn't realize I was working against myself that my words were working against me. Why? Because I was paying more attention to what he was saying, and it shifted my focus on that. And it wasn't until I got quiet and alone with the Lord and was able to reflect back on, one, the fact that I taught in healing class, and the second thing was uh, that I believed God's word to be true, that I began to refocus back on his word. That's when things began to turn around for me. So we have to pay attention and we have to be very careful of what we're listening to. Be very, very um, intentional about who you allow to speak into your life. Don't just let anyone speak into your life. You want people of faith around you. People who are going to speak to you God's word. People who are going to correct you and point you back to God's word. If you don't have those people in your life personally, then I encourage you to come to healing class every week. I encourage you to come to church every week. Why? Because you're going to find those people here. But we need God's word 
in us constantly to keep us focused. It's important. Matthew 8, 17 says, And thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. He himself, I love that. He took it. He didn't send anyone else. He took it. I got it. Put the weight on to me. Why is that important to me? Because it, it shows me that God is good. He's faithful. He loves me. And he did that. And we all have to give that revelation. He loved us so much that he was willing to do that for us. Truth. Truth comes from God's word. It cannot be changed. Uh, Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. It's not going anywhere. It stands forever. Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. His word's not going to pass away, guys. Malachi 3, 6 says, For I am the Lord, and I do not change. Isn't that encouraging? He doesn't change. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of marvelous things that he did in, in, in the scriptures for a lot of different people. And if he did it for them, guess what? He'll do it for you. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So our circumstances can and will change when the truth is applied to them. We have to have the truth in us. So we have to pay attention to his word and we have to listen to his word. We have to. You know, I was talking to someone uh, last week and they said, I just have a hard time reading the Bible. I said, read it anyways. He said, but yeah, I don't understand it. I said, okay, but read it anyways. He said, well, there's only one scripture that I, that I understand. I said, well, keep reading that one, but keep reading the rest of the Bible anyways. So he shows up Sunday. He goes, man, I, there's two scriptures now that I know. I said, okay, we'll keep reading both of those scriptures and read the rest of the Bible anyways. Well, what happens? Guys, God's word will produce. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 119, 130, that the unfolding of the word, it brings light. The more you read the word, it becomes clearer. It becomes personal. It, it begins to reveal itself to us. All we have to simply do is open it and read it. I, I told this same guy, I said, you know what? I didn't have someone in my life to tell me this. But when I did start, the, what thing, the very first thing I did is I started reading the Proverbs. Not because I wanted to learn more about God, and I'm ashamed to say it, but as a 20-year-old, I wanted to be wise. And so I said, I'm going to read the Proverbs. And for a full year, every day I read a proverb. That's all I read was a proverb. Every day. And then all of a sudden, I was like, man, they're always talking about these stories about Jesus. So then I got this appetite. I started reading the Gospels about Jesus. Learned that he was good. That he went about doing good. Healing. Delivering. Setting people free. Then I heard about this guy, David. In the Psalms, where he would just pour his heart out to God and how it strengthened him in doing that. And I began to read this, and all of a sudden this appetite for the word of God began to develop. I didn't grow up a reader, but the unfolding of the word, it produces light. We have to pay attention to the word of God. You know, I, I think sometimes we put more confidence in the medication and, and 
pills that they, describe, they prescribe to us than we do in God himself. And we have to be careful. There's nothing wrong with medication. But it doesn't hold a higher value than our Father and his word. It doesn't. His word will not fade. It doesn't. And so we want to make sure that we're paying attention to that. I want to look at three instances here that I think are, are very helpful to us as we talk about this. Um, the first two are about Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood. I always have to weave her in. I love, I love her story. But let's look at Jairus first. In Mark 5, the 21st uh, verse, it says, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Can we all say that's a fact? He said, My little daughter is at the point of death. He says, Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well. That's truth. And it says, And Jesus went with him. You'll jump down to verse 35. In verse 35, it says, While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. That was a fact, right? Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. That was the truth. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside, took the child's father and mother and those who were with him, and went in where the child was. And taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking. Guys, you know that God, when he speaks, he only speaks the truth. That's why it's important to get into the word. God only speaks the truth. His word only contains the truth. I want to share a scripture with you here. Isaiah 45, 19 says, I have not spoken in secret in a corner of the land of darkness. I did not call the descendants of Jacob to a fruitless service saying, seek me for nothing, but I promised them a just reward. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I speak the truth. What I speak is trustworthy. It's straightforward. And I declare things that are right. That's what he speaks to us. That's what he speaks to us. Everything that God speaks to us is truth. And so we want to make sure that we don't proceed forward in our healing walk, in our healing journey based on facts, but we base it upon the truth of God's word. Now, if we go back in the story and focus in on the, our friend, the woman with the issue of blood, I need to give this lady a name. In verse 25 of Mark, 25, Mark chapter 5, 25, it says, And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, that was a fact, who had suffered much under many physicians, that was another fact, 
and had spent all that she had. So she's broke. And then it says, and she was no better, but she grew worse. Those are all facts. Verse 27 said, when she heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Let me just stop there. Guys, something happens when we hear the right things about Jesus. I'm not talking about we're just listening. I'm talking about when we hear the right things about Jesus. There's a faith that springs forward. I'll never forget the first time I came to this class, uh, classroom one-on-one, down the other hallway. I'd heard about healing, but I hadn't heard about healing. Came in the classroom, and I was dealing with some emotional things. And they were sharing about the healing mercies, the healing uh, power of God, God's faithfulness. And for the first time, I heard it. And it started something on the inside of me. In fact, it it is the very thing that kept me coming back because I said, you know, I know what. If I can stay in this class, I know God's going to get me out of this dark pit. If I can stay in this class, I know this heaviness, this depression is going to lift off and God's going to release me. Why? Because I heard about Jesus, his goodness, his faithfulness, his love. And when we hear about Jesus, we have to get that on the inside of us. That he's going to do it for me. I love this. It says, when she was trying to do things in her own strength and go to people and, and do it, it says she grew worse. No one had an answer. But guys, can I tell you? God always has an answer. Always. For you and I. Down below in verse 34, Jesus looks at her and says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith. Guys, can I tell you, our faith is all we need. Our faith in God and our faith in his word. That's all we need. Our faith. And so we want to start developing a faith in the Lord. How does that come? By making sure that we stay attentive to his word and that we stay focused on him and his word and hear the right things. One more story. In Acts 14, verses 8 through 10, it says, Now at Lystra, a man, who, man sat who, who found it impossible to use his feet, for he was a cripple from birth and had never walked. He was listening to Paul as he talked, and Paul, gazing intently at him and observing that he had faith to be healed, shouted at him, saying, Stand erect on your feet. And he leaped up, and he walked. Now, let me get this straight. The scripture says, this man who was crippled from birth and had never walked. Do you realize Paul commanded him to do something that he had never done before? How was he able to do that? Because whatever it was that he heard Paul speaking about, got on the inside of him, and he believed it. He trusted it. He was persuaded. Something changed. 
when we talk about faith, this is what I'm talking about, because I think sometimes we throw this word around. Faith. The word conviction. There's a conviction on the inside of you. The word confidence. You're confident in what you're hearing. The word trust. You can trust what's being said. Belief. You believe what's being said. A reliance, trustworthiness, a persuasion. I love this. An inward confidence in God and all he says. On the inside, what? God said it? Oh, I believe it. God said it? I believe it. We all have to get there. If God says it, then we have to believe it for ourselves. See, I think sometimes it's easy for us to come to church and hear stories of God's faithfulness to Miss Joy and God's faithfulness to Miss Janet and God's faithfulness to this person and that person, but we have to realize that God also is faithful to us. And so when I say we have to develop a faith, we have to, be, we have to develop that conviction, that trust, that confidence, that reliance in all that God says to us. And everything that's in here is to us. Everything. And so you can have it. If you'll believe it. So this guy who was crippled from birth, who never walked, heard what Paul said, and when Paul told him to stand up, what did he do? He stood up. He stood up. He did what he was never able to do. Do you realize that we serve the God of impossible? The God who makes the impossible possible? Matthew 19, 26 says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. You have to establish in your heart today that no matter what the diagnosis, no matter how long you've been dealing with something, if God says he heals all diseases, he heals all diseases. If God says he's healed you, he's healed you. Why? Because there's nothing impossible. You realize there's no disease that's caught God off guard that he doesn't have an answer for. We have to only believe him, trust in him. When we hear the truth, we tap into God's supernatural power. When we believe it, when we're persuaded by it, things begin to happen. How else can I explain in one moment my lungs being full of fluid and bacteria and I can't breathe and then a doctor saying her exact words, if your lungs don't clear up in an hour, we're going to drain it the old-fashioned way with a needle. I don't know why it took that to motivate me, <laughs> but it did. And I got my focus, and I turned back to the Word, and I began for the next hour speaking out of my mouth, 
Lord, your healing power is working in me. Lord, you breathe the breath of life into every man. Father, I believe that you're breathing your breath into my lungs right now. And in your breath, Lord, there is life. And as you breathe into my body, I think that all the bacteria and all the fluid is draining out. And in one hour, when they took me down, this left lung that was full of fluid, I couldn't breathe. In one hour, it was clear. Not because I'm special, but because God's word works. We have to pay attention to his word. Now, are we going to be human? Absolutely, we're going to be human. But I can tell you, if you stay in his word, those momentary lapses won't veer you off course because your faith will be strong enough and you can detect that and say, nope, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Nope, God's healing power is already at work in me. But it's going to take some work on our part. We have to attend to his word. What does that mean? Every day we get in God's word. Every day. There's no watering it down. There's no every day we commit, Lord, I'm going to come before you and I'm going to spend time in your word. Taking it a step further, getting the healing scriptures on the inside of us every day. Let's commit to, Lord, I'm going to learn your healing scriptures. I gave you one, Jeremiah 33, 6. Every day. Write it on an index card. Read it every day. Personalize it. Personalize it. What happens? The word gets on the inside of us. And it begins to work on our behalf. I love it. Um, you know, on, on your tables there, I, I put a bracelet. We made those. But I love that saying. Pastor Allen said it one Sunday morning, and I, I could never shake it. He said, when the word of God becomes personal to you, it becomes powerful for you. The word of God. And so in order for it to become personal to you, you have to spend time with it. You have to spend time in it. And the amount of time you spend in the Word of God will reflect in your ability to stand when life happens. And so let's become intentional, folks, about getting in His Word and watch what the Lord will begin doing in your body and in your life. Why? Because there's nothing impossible with God. Nothing. He has a solution for everything. He healed back then, and he heals today. And I believe God is already at work in healing in your body. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room. Lord, I thank you that you're doing a new thing in us, Lord God. Father, I thank you that as we attend to your words, Lord God, your word is going to begin springing up and resonating with our spirits, Lord God. And I thank you that as we commit your verses to memorization, writing them on our hearts, Lord God, I thank you that your word will not return void, but it will begin to heal us where healing is needed. Thank you, Lord, for moving on our behalf. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.